we are going to understand what it takes to walk through the fire, I would say that we are in a strong position, stronger than ever, uh, and strong for the long term. And here's why. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. And now, here's your host, Blair Durham. Greetings, 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 greetings. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the 106th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. Super excited to share with you all. Today's show is sponsored by Apex Financial Group of Virginia, as well as the COO team and Milestone Mental Health. I am very excited about our first guest for today's show. Neka Chizor is Regional Vice President of Government and Public Affairs for Virginia and North Carolina. She leads a team responsible for devising and executing strategies that advance Cox's community, employee communication, media, and government interests in the region. Prior to joining Cox, she served as the Vice President of Public Policy and Government Affairs for Verizon Communications. NECA's commitment to civics has led her to serve on the Board of Directors for the Virginia Cable Telecommunications Association, and she's been recognized by the Washingtonian Magazine as one of the outstanding women in Washington. Welcome. How are you? I am highly favored and blessed, Blair. Uh, How are you? As am I. (laughs) I echo that sentiment (laughs) for sure. It's great to share this space with you, Neka. So excited to have you here. Well, let's jump in because I know you've got tons that you are going to share today. Um, So let's kind of address the elephant, right, in terms of politics. If you don't mind. Absolutely. The elephant or the donkey, the dancing on, you know. Depending, right? Depending on what side of the political aisle you might sit on. Right. Right. Well, I've got to ask you this. In terms of Black Wall Street, you know, what do you believe, what impact will politics have on Black Wall Street? Wow, that is a fascinating question. Well, you know, first of all, let me start by saying, Blair, that thank you for having me on your show today. Today being such a monumental day, right? It is the day after what I would say is the most monumental election in my lifetime, certainly of my generation, uh, cliffhanger election. Cliffhanger. Uh, we're not cliffhanger, right? Yeah. Uh, we are, as someone who does, uh, who's a political enthusiast, and it's, uh, what I do for a living is watch politics and the markets, we are looking at, you know, five states that are in play. And when you say, you know, what, what impact will politics have on Black Wall Street today? I was looking at the markets this this morning, well, last night and this morning, at the impact of politics on the markets. And starting at around uh, 3, 4 a.m. our time, the Asian markets, Asia markets, started to see an impact. The Chinese yuan um, started to trend downward as a result of uncertainty with our elections when uh, the polling results were showing that the presidency might lean towards incumbency. Um, and then now swinging to this morning, the Juan and the Peso, which is uh, Mexico, is starting to kick back up 
as uh, the results are starting to show, well, it could be a toss-up between the incumbency and Biden. So what does that mean, though, for Black Wall Street? Um, Black Wall Street being, you know, those of us who are Black, African-American in America, I would say that we are in a strong position, stronger than ever, uh, and strong for the long term. And here's why I'm really optimistic about our future. I'm not sure if folks are aware, but the U.S. stock market, the capitalization, the amount of money that sits in the U.S. stock market at large is $35 trillion with a T. Wow. The amount, that's a T. So that's, that's, as my boss would call it, real money, adult money. Mm-hmm. The amount of that thirty-five, the thirty of that thirty-five trillion, the amount that is owned by people of color today, Blair, is less than two percent. So the amount that Wall Black Wall Street has right now is less than two percent. What impact will politics have on that less than two percent going forward? My projection is we're going to see growth. Anywhere from moving the needle from 2% to anywhere to 5% over the next decade. Why? Uh, because as far as I'm concerned, black is the new green. And why do I say that? I say that because of some of the things that you shared. You talked at the onset of this program about the Rebuild Virginia grant, right? And the opportunities that are now going to be available to uh, people of color with that grant. I can talk to you ad nauseum about... There's a, a, a new act that Senator Tim Kaine in Virginia has introduced. It's called the Rural Minority Business Act, and it seeks to set up 10 minority business centers at HBCUs. And this will ensure that we have a place now within HBCUs to serve rural and underserved communities. That's going to move the needle for us. We have companies, for example, like Charter Communications, that have promised to invest $10 million in partnership with Urban League and National Action Network to bolster black and minority-owned businesses. You've got SoftBank that has pledged to invest $100 million. They've set up a fund for minority-owned businesses. You've got companies like Cox who have pledged a million dollars to social justice funds and social impact, again, to bolster black Wall Street. So... As far from where I sit, it does not matter the outcome of the election. It's very clear to me that uh, with the social justice issues that are at hand, the rallying cry is we need more trade versus aid to be able to address the issues of systemic racism. And black is the new green for us to be able to move forward. Black Wall Street is the best place to be. Yeah. Let me share this with you that a colleague sent me earlier this week. Uh, It says that healthy black-owned businesses could be a critical component for actually closing the wealth gap. Uh, And it suggests that there is a $1 trillion to $1.5 trillion cost to the economy as this gap is expected to widen uh, as a result of COVID-19. What are your thoughts there? I never actually considered that the wealth gap costs the overall economy. It does. I mean, so if you think about it, right, uh, the some of the models that we're seeing are as follows. 
We know that right now, because of COVID-19, the hospitality industry, for as an example, right? The projections are the average, and it's called the par rate, so the per average room rate uh, for the average hotel. That rate, the, the, the cost, the, the rate that you would generate for, for a room is going down. Why? Because less people are checking into hotels, they're practicing social distancing, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at it. Um, the hospitality industry is a really good industry for our community. Not only are they known to hire a large portion of people of color, so that's one, their supply chain as well uh, relies on janitorial services, food services, businesses that we tend to thrive in. So if that sector of the economy is shrinking and is not expected to rebound in the next three to five years, and even when it does, it won't rebound in the same way, then the subtending businesses that rely on it are also either going to shrink or stop existing, which impacts that gap, right? So so while we will have this shrinkage, I would say, in one part of the economy, again, I'm pivoting to there are opportunities, though, that are going to happen, as I see, in other parts of the economy. So think about tech, right? Think about technology, which is the space sure. that I sit in a cock. Think about that. Think about data centers. Think about all the traffic right now that needs, that's flowing all across the world. There's equipment that has to be housed to ha- handle this traffic. Where are all these data centers? Well, Blair, guess what? The data center capital of the world is right in our own backyard. It's in Ashburn, Virginia. Ashburn, Virginia can't house it all. Right now within Virginia, we're looking at other areas within the state to house these data centers. The state is actually looking for small businesses that can get into that business. So again, uh, there is a wealth gap. I don't want to give the impression that, you know, we're not feeling some compression within Black Wall Street in traditional businesses, but there are opportunities. Yeah. I'm looking here, too. I know we've got some some additional topics that we're going to cover. I'm just fascinated by this this data, um, which shows that black-owned employer businesses are concentrated in only five industries, right? One of which you just named, but also healthcare and social assistance, professional scientific and technical services, admin support and waste management services, retail trade, and then, of course, accommodation and food services. So just thinking about, again, all of the opportunity and the distribution of wealth, it's, it's, it's fascinating. So let me ask you this. Um, changing, changing lanes a bit. Who opened doors for you in the space where you live and work and have influence? Oh wow! Um, who opened door? And I love, I love that you said doors because um, there were definitely many doors that were open for me. I, I want to start with the door that I. I walked you to, to be where I am today. And the person who opened that door for me is J.D. Myers II. He is, he's currently my boss, and I call him boss. People know this about me, I call him boss. You know, he's a big guy, he's like 250 pounds, 6'2", burly voice and all that. Um, he gave me this opportunity to serve an African-American, and I had the privilege to report to him, and I call it a privilege because it's not 
often that as an executive, as a black executive in corporate America, you get to report to a, a black officer in corporate America, right? So um, he definitely opened the door for me, and I appreciate it. I've had women who have opened the door for me, um, uh, not only minority women, but white women. Uh, I have, uh, I remember this lady who I, I absolutely adore and respect. Her name is Kathy Grillo. She's still at Verizon. I respect her dearly. She opened doors for me there. There have been people who have opened windows. So let's not just talk about doors. I know, right? Is. Windows count too. <laughs> windows count too. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about windows. Let's yeah. talk about, you know, I've had folks in my life windows. I've had executive assistants who've opened a window to say, mm-hmm. you know, Mecca, I heard you speak at such and such, or I overheard you say you were interested in X. And do you know that, uh, you know, the person that I support has expressed a need wow. in doing why. I think if you come by at this particular time, that might be a good opportunity for you. Wow. So I've had that. And what I've found, Blair, is that the people who have opened doors for me um, and, and people who have opened windows have been people who, again, I have to give uh, thanks to God, have, have had the confidence I guess in themselves for sure, but they've had this belief that if they plant a seed in me, it's going to germinate something. And I've never taken that lightly, right? So I've always wanted to say, okay, I, I have to give back. If you've opened this door, I have to open the door for somebody else. Yeah, I've only got about four and a half minutes remaining, but I want to get to each of these if we can. I know it's such a fast segment. What type of person are you looking to open doors for? Oh, wow. I, I'm looking to open doors for the Blair Durham's of this world. I, I, I am looking to open doors for people who are really changing the game, people who are creating platforms where we can have conversations about how to move our people forward progressively, one, and how we can do so in a manner that is inclusive, and that's key, right? And so it's about um, not black excellence for the sake of black excellence's sake, Agreed. But black excellence for the sake of the betterment of humanity. It is that excellence that seeks to bring others along, that recognizes that in order to truly excel as humans, we have to include others that don't look like us in our journey. Um, those are the types of individuals that I want to open doors or windows for. People who, maybe like me, may have come from another country and have had to really work hard to earn the right to become an American. Mm. Um, I want to open doors for folks like that, for folks who really have an initiative and a drive to want to do better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What would you say are the most lacking traits among today's leaders? Lacking traits. Woo. A spirit of service. A spirit of service. You know, and when I say service, I mean growing up, there's something my mom, who's an entrepreneur, always told me, and she used to say, 
You know, next you have to speak to conquer. You have to learn to serve. There's nothing wrong with serving. How do I help you? How do I support you? Uh, I find that trait in leaders today is a little amiss. Everyone wants to be the top dog. But everyone does not necessarily want to be the top follower. What happens to followership? I'd love to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of our uh, officers does a talk on followership that is profound. Yeah, I agree. Lastly, we've got about a minute and a half. What are the most important, well, this is a very similar question. Maybe you just answered. What are the most important traits of successful leaders today? Would you say followership? Would you say service? Or is there more you would add? I would say... Service and, and and when I say when I think service, people talk about servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be clear, servant leadership is not, you know, leading so that other folks can serve you. It's really <laughs> serving, <laughs> serving others in the best way for them and not through you, right? And I think another important leadership trait that I'm still striving to acquire is active listening. Listening intently for how best to serve that person you're trying to open the door for or open the window for to be able to deliver value. Because our call in life, I don't care who it is, at the end of the day, is to deliver value, monetarily or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, I know that you are going to be giving the keynote address, the leadership talk during the Small Business Saturday Boot Camp and Conference. Oh, no. So excited. <laughs> what can folks expect as we wrap up? Ooh. What can so folks can expect at Black Diamond Weekend? They can expect Blair Durham, because Blair, I believe in you. They can expect you to put together a phenomenal event where we're going to come in and we're going to sparkle. We are going to understand what it takes to walk through the fire so that we can come out and be as brilliant as we possibly can be to get into 2021 and capture that share that is rightfully ours. That is definitely the intention. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> we needed more time, NECA. Man, we could have spent a full 20 minutes on each of those topics, but I want to thank you so much for your leadership and all your efforts. We appreciate you. And we look forward to I having you Thank you, thank you, Blair, and thank you for your leadership and for giving us this beautiful platform. Thank you. This show is brought to you by Positive Vibes Incorporated, our consulting services. We do credit fixes, tax resolution, we lend private money to real estate investors, and we do debt consolidations. Basically, we put money in your pocket when you need money. We put money in your pocket when you need money. 757-932-0177. Phenomenal. Stay with us online at 
Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. Black Wall Street, Black Wall Street. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.